Hi. Hi. So you're Sarah. I'm Sarah. Tell people who haven't been lucky enough to be introduced to who Sarah is. Who Sarah is. Who is Sarah? I am a creative. I am uh, somebody who is really, I think, intentional about uh, finding ways to introduce creativity in all areas of my life. And um, even now, I'm thinking about this uh, exercise we did at work where we, out of a list of 50 values, we narrowed down our whole lives to just two out of the 50. And um, mine came down to faith and creativity. Um, and so really focusing on how those two things intertwine in my day to day, um, and in all things. So yeah, that being said, occasionally I'm a youth and young adults pastor at a church in Los Angeles. Um, and just crazy. And we'll get into that story a little bit later, but, um, yeah, I am that. And I am also, uh, I run a program called Next Gen for youth entrepreneurs. So we have who Sarah is, sort of, to an extent. In a roundabout way. In a roundabout way. Um, so kind of talking about you lived in Vacaville, California, for how many years? 11 years. Which is such a long time. Yeah, and it was a very long time. What uh, possessed you? to move from your 11-year Vacaville stint to Los Angeles now? Yeah. Um, I think the main, there are two. There were two main focuses for the move. One was all of my family are in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And it had been 11 years of missing birthdays, of missing celebrations, of missing things. Um, and in 2019, I was really challenged by a friend of mine to lean into my family. Um, he was like, why do you not, why are you not integrated with your family? And yes. just really challenged my process on that. Um, and so I, from 2019, really felt to draw to move back home and to be close to your family. Um, and then the second was I had gotten um, a I'd gotten a prophetic word from somebody about my season being done, um, and that the sun was setting and it was time for a new something new on the horizon and to stop serving another man's vision. What is a prophetic word? So, uh, yes, wonderful prophetic word. <laughs> so a prophetic word is. Um, in essence, somebody hears from the Lord, from the Lord on your behalf and deliver a message um, to you that the Lord is trying to speak to you. It can happen um, through a dream, through visions, through all kinds of fun, yeah. weird and whack ways. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, on that, I had sort of gotten that um, and, you know, I, I you know, took it for what it was and, and my season was over and I needed to shift out. Um, it was not an easy decision for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as you know, you, I mean, you part of that journey, um, you had said before I got on the plane that, that trip, um, I was actually coming out to see your soon to be in-laws. Yeah. Um, 
and you took me to the airport and you said, you're done here. And I was like, that's very rude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I got back, I was like, I think you picked me up from that trip as well. And, um, uh, yeah, you were like, oh no, I, I responded and I was like, yeah, I got to start this process of figuring this out. Yeah. So do you feel like, so like with the prophetic work, it was almost like someone who had no way of really knowing what was going on was like confirming what you were already headed toward or like just opened your, I, I, you opened up your mind to the possibility of. Uh, I think the latter purely because at the point that I had received that word, mm -hmm. um, I had made it conscious decision to stay in back I I had sort of taken moving off my radar because at that point I'd made a conscious decision to you know dig into the ground for two more years and just really focus on what I was doing in Vacaville and what I was building um at the time with who I was building with. um and uh, really enjoyed that time and that space it was really like precious time um looking back and um yeah I think when I got it initially I had received it and I was like this this feels really pretty like it feels like a nice and flower it was like flower language really cool and then it was also like well it doesn't feel for right now and so I had to take the time to really decipher whether or not you know, it was the time to lean into that work, you know, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, set it aside until it was time to figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was kind of what, those were the inciting, were the inciting factors that <laughs> the incidences. Yes. And, and after, after I had, uh, gotten off the plane, and I spend some time with your with your future in laws. Yeah. Um uh the husband of the duo um was had said to me over dinner, like, hey, you know your time's done. And it was right after it came off the heel like on the heels of what you had told me. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that, but yeah, I know that. Um so and then, you know, it, it just there was really like a it triggered um the, the momentum in me making the decision to go. And it, it was a six month process from conception to, to execution. What, what was like the switch in your brain to make that decision? Cause I know like when I've moved in the past, like it's, it takes me a while to ramp up to like jumping off that cliff completely. And I know for you, like I was there for a lot of that. And so I know it was quite a process, but what, what do you think was the tipping point where you're like, I really feel like I need to go to LA? Yeah, I think, um, I, I did my best to do, to make this decision in honor, um, of the leadership that I was partnered with. Um, and I, as you know, at the time had my hand in a lot of cookie jars and I was, um, operating at a very high highly influential level in the space that I was in mm -hmm. and for me to lean that meant a lot and I was really um deeply integrated in the lives of a lot of teenagers because that was my job as, like, as a youth pastor um and to 
to really like pull myself out of that space was a really difficult decision um, to make as, as you're aware of. Um, but I think the switch came when I realized that if I didn't do it, I eventually would be unhappy. And I knew that like, yes, this is all great. And yes, this is all good. And I'm, I'm making an impact and I'm doing all of these things are good. But at the end of the day, if I don't do this, then I'm saying no to something that could be better. Um, and not just better for me, because I believe like if you make a decision, it, there needs to be, it needs to be win, win, win. Like everybody needs to be able to benefit and there should be belief that everybody will benefit. So me stepping out should be beneficial to this community. There should be, there should be an option for them to be beneficial or me making space or creating space for something better to go. Like I took it so far and it's not dependent. The, the success of something is not dependent entirely on me. And that's something that I needed to pull out of personally because it's very easy when you're operating at a really high function or you feel really valuable you feel really necessary in a place to to believe that the um the weight of the organization rests on your shoulders and if you were to leave they're gonna fail and it's not ever gonna be good and that's not a mind that's not a great mindset to have for yourself it's so much pressure and at the end of the day like i'm replaceable not me personally, but like my job, I can, I can be replaced. Um, and probably me, but like most likely by somebody better who can focus on just one thing. <laughs> and that's what I had to believe what I had to really recognize within myself. It's like, oh, I believe that this place is going to fail if I'm not here. And that's not great for me. Like that's a lot of, like you said, a lot of pressure. And then I also had to believe there's something that I need to walk into to become a better version of me and become a the next version. I had to grow up. And Vacaville was a place, when I moved there, I was tw uh, 21 years old. I was really needing to understand who I was and become an adult and really reparent myself and like relearn how to navigate life as an adult away from my family. And I think leading Vacaville was sort of a like marker for me that like I'm no longer like operating in this space of like being a daughter, but I'm operating as being a mother. Mm -hmm. And um switching that gear was really so you're ramped up, you're moving, you're excited, you're going. How was the transition initially? I would imagine that there was a lot of emotion with excitement going into the new place and a lot of like sad feelings with what was, what you were departing from. Like what, how did, how do you feel like that transition was for you in general? Cause it, it's a lot of big emotions on both sides of the spectrum at one time and you're just one person. And that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I am just one person. Like the, the really interesting thing about all of this is like I've, I've made all of these decisions as a single entity with in amongst community, which is something I have a really high, as you know, I have a really high value for is is, is communicating within 
community um, and not being your own island. Because when you're your own island, you start to make decisions out of, well, it's just me, myself, and I, and I'm not here seeing the fiance song, but that's not true. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it is me. Like, I'm making decisions for myself. So that was uh, tricky, leaving the community, not feeling like I was ready to leave back at And then again, on the other hand, feeling like I'm ready for whatever is coming up next. And um, I think I made a really silly decision right before I moved. Um, and I got a dog. And it ended up being a real saving grace for me. All of those big emotions, I didn't realize I wasn't ready to feel. So I got to, you know, land and um, back in Southern California. Landed. I landed back in Southern California, um, you know, drove away from, from Vacaville with the intention of not driving, but I rode with my mom, so I needed to drive because <laughs> she was not down. Um, and I wept for the first probably hour of the drive um, and arrived at my brother's house. My, I moved in with my little brother and sister-in-law and their, their three children, um, which I'm so like in hindsight and in the, in the process too, I'm so grateful for. And, and I really appreciate and, and value and, and love that I was able to do that and spend really solid quality time with my nieces and my nephew who had just been born and especially after all the time that you'd had apart so it is it's kind of a cool thing that you did get that opportunity minus some of the conveniences factor and yes yes one of the main things that was so confronting about it was i was 33 and living with my little brother and his family and i'm like what do I have to show for all of these years? Like, yes, I've traveled. Yes, I lived in other countries. I've done, like, done the things. But, like, what do I own but my car and my coffee machine? And now a dog. <laughs> and so I had gone into this place of, like, total shutdown because I didn't know how tired I was until I stopped moving at the pace that I was moving. And... Once you like, once the brakes hit from all of that momentum and you finally are at that stop sign, like, you know, the proverbial stop sign of like, everything's halted because I didn't have a job. I wasn't, I wasn't moving to a position. I was, I was moving to go, <laughs> to move on something that I knew was in, inherently or like innately, like inside me. Uh, what's it intrinsically inside me like i knew i had to go um so there wasn't anything really specific there were jobs that i could do with friends um that were sustainable and you know but not in the long run sustainable and i lived with my brother and sister-in-law which and they didn't charge me they wouldn't take any money from me so that was a blessing um but once I real once my wheels stopped moving, 
it was like the check engine light came on and the oil light came on and the tire light came on and like all of the things where I thought I was taking care of myself for all of those times. I thought I knew what rest was like for me, but what I really needed to go back and understand was rest looks different in every season of your life. And I had been operating for so long thinking that rest looked like this because it worked for me in one season, so it should work for me in all of the seasons of my life. And it, it wasn't anymore. And there was a lot of like trauma. There was a lot of stress that I needed to undo from working uh, with occupational hazards, occupational things that just I needed to unpack. And um, if I didn't have my dog, I think I would have gone into a depressive state. But because I had my dog, I had to be on this routine of wake up, feed the dog, take her on a walk, do the thing, love the dog. And and I remember early on, I was talking to you about like, wanting my dog. <laughs> like, why did I get a dog? And you had told me to ask like what her purpose was in my life. And her purpose was to help me like when those breaks hit to have purpose. Um, but purpose that's not like, I, I can't get accolades for loving my dog. Mm -hmm. I just had to do it. You know, a lot of big emotions, a lot of big stones um, all at once. Just being near my family was helpful. Having my parents have a pool in the summertime, it just kind of floated a lot. Yes, that sounds great. Yeah. Except so, I hate water. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds great for you. It actually worked for me. Yeah. So I feel like kind of got into it a little bit, but I'll just re-ask to see if anything else comes up. But what do you what do you feel like went well in the transition? What went well in the transition is also what did not go well in the transition. Um, and that was intentionally seeking community. Um there were elements of my community or people in my community that I was really good about reaching out to and really good about maintaining relationship with and all of the things, you know, that come with that. But um, there's also levels where I was not great at it and where some people kind of fell by the wayside. And I didn't know what my capacity was anymore. I had stepped into a role with some friends of mine that I'd known for years and years, um, more admin, um, kind of like running errands, just making sure stuff got done at their house, um, which was great because it there was like no very low stakes, um, and I didn't have to manage anybody else's emotions. I didn't have to manage anything like any other per, you know person. So that was was helpful. Um, and that was the good thing about the transition was having like people who were leaders in my life, um, would transition down to Southern California, um, being part of their world and, and having them be part of mine and, and really having solid people around me. And then the ones that, um, where it wasn't, where I didn't do a great job was people that I knew would be around and I kind of neglected the people that I knew loved me deeply um because I I was like well I can't lose them so <laughs> yeah I know that they're there um but it, yeah I just didn't have the capacity to 
So it was good and bad. Answered both questions at one time. What do you what do you feel like in all of this in the process? Because you've how long have you been down here now? Uh, I moved down in December of twenty one. Okay, so new over a year. Cool. So yeah, what do you what do you feel like you've learned about yourself more than anything? Because like you were saying before, you were just in go 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 mode, and you were taking care of yourself to the degree that you understood at that point. But having the slowdown, you understood that there were more needs than you previously had recognized. So yep. like what what things have you begin to recognize? So first, I allowed myself space to question, which was something that I had always sort of talked about, but I never really put into practice. Um, I, I allowed myself space to question my purpose. I allowed myself space to question my identity. I allowed myself space to, uh, to question what I, my belief structure, um, why I believe what I believe, why I, like, what made me live my life. All of this um, leading up to this point for so long. Um, and I, I just did a lot of questioning, a lot of resting. I worked two days a week and got a lot of massages, which was <laughs> beautiful. Um, but I think the biggest thing I learned about myself in the process was that I'm very capable. My, my, my foundation is a lot more stable sturdy when I thought it was sturdy and then I got you know knocked around a little bit by a big move um I was able to really solidify where I was also learned what rest might look like for me is different and um really needed to understand that before I stepped into the role that I'm in now so we're in Los Angeles now. We are. We've dealt with quite a bit of the big emotions. And, you know, I think there's like a honeymoon period when you move anywhere where it's like, oh my God, it's so exciting. And then after a year and a half, it's like, okay, I live here and it's cool. But now I have to like create new routines, you know, have new friends, have all these different things. How, how do you feel like you've found your sweet spot? if you have, or like if you're in the beginning stages of certain aspects of it, like what, where have you found your sweet spot in now that the honeymoon phase is over with moving? Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because yes, the honeymoon phase is a little bit over with moving in general. Um, but I've just moved again in, into my own apartment. Um, first time in my life living on my own and it has been refreshing to say the least yeah um to say the, the least <laughs> um not you know no shade to any former roommates or housemates or anything like that I absolutely love those seasons of my life but it was just time for me as a 33 year old woman to maybe um live in my own space i think i'm in a new um space of learning a new rhythm um, cause I've only been living in this apartment now the really December cause I moved in on the 20th, the very end of December. So December, January, March, four months. Um, and yeah, uh, I think the excitement and like 
novelty of living on my own is wearing off. And, and so that, and then the novelty of this new role, because I started a new role in September, August 31. So basically September 1st, um, started a new role in, in LA, like actual dream job, um, dream living situation. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to live in Australia or Pasadena. And I'm, I'm in Pasadena and, um, not far from one of my best friends. Uh, my neighbor is, is involved in the community I'm involved in. So it, I'm alone, but I'm not, you know, um, which is ideal situation for me and very walkable time, like very walkable space. And, um, what's really interesting to me in this, uh, in this space is I've not changed my lifestyle very much. I'm very intentional about my rest. I'm very intentional about a lot of things that I recognized I needed to build into my routine and my, the rhythm of my life for sustainability. Um, and in that I have like since November, I've lost 10 pounds. Let's go. I, on a, like really without changing anything, but the rhythm of my life. Um, and the, my job, the responsibility factor went way up. The um, weight, weightiness factor went way up. Like all of the things that I was doing, my time, all of the stuff went way up. Um, but my happiness has also gone really, gone really high. My contentment has gone really high. My um, ability to rest well, to eat well, to um, function well has has also gone up because all those months ago, I decided to step out of what was comfortable and step out of what was what I knew was a sure thing and step into something that was unknown, but still a sure thing in a weird way. Um, and now I'm the happiest I've been in a really long time. So exciting. I know. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, there's been like opportunities open to me that never would have been open had I not gone. Yes. My final question with you kind of painting the picture of why we're even talking about this because you actually have life experience and that's kind of the point behind anything that we're putting up on YouTube is I want I want it to be something that's from a lived place not just a theoretical place because I think we have enough people speculating on what things could be and they haven't lived it yeah. and I think that there's just so much more power behind someone who's walked out certain things they've and putting it out there for people like being honest being vulnerable and like this is the good this is the bad this is what i wish i would have done differently and so i think that you've you've done that really well and i appreciate you the first guest on this new segment um because this is my youtube personality right here oh okay not actually (laughs) um no my my last question would be with all with, with all that in mind what advice would you give to somebody who maybe is going through a move, considering moving, 
having a tough time in the trans, like anything that we covered, like what advice do you think would be really helpful or you wish someone would have just shared with you? That's a really broad question, I understand, but whatever you feel. Yeah, I think the first thing that pops into, uh, that pops into my head is pressure. Um, anytime you're in transition or you're feeling like there's a big change going to happen in your world, it's very easy, at least for me, to start piling on the pressure of things you have to do before this can happen, preparing yourself for what it could look like or all of those things in, in the different areas. And then you become this like instant pot, of like pressure, pressure, pressure. And then it's very easy to talk yourself out of something that could be really good for you because the pressure gets too much. And then the pressure gets too much and you're like, well, I have anxiety about this. So this probably isn't the right thing to do. But if you just go and like press that little red button up the top of the Instant Pot, you know, and let some of the pressure go by going, you know what? I don't have to have it all figured out. I can go one step at a time. I'm somebody who makes like really giant leaps without a lot of thought. So, um, uh, I think once I started thinking, overthinking transition is when I got myself in trouble. And I'll share this, this one thing that was really helpful. One of my, um, mentors from a distance, um, and now boss, um, she, she says all the time, she talks about this model that is, um, your thoughts become your feelings become your actions, become your reality. And that's, that was such a powerful tool for me to have written, like writ, literally written down, just thoughts, feelings, actions, reality. And, and an example of that that I use even with my youth kids today is, you know, if you have a thought that comes into your head that's my friends are mad at me and they don't like me, I start to feel like I'm not worthy of being around and I'm not worthy of, I must be irritating to people. I must not want, they must not want to be around me. And so I start, my action then becomes me pulling out of the friend group and me not texting first and me being, reading into messages or reading into body language that's not there, <laughs> just over communicating, oh, sorry, over, uh, over analyzing subtle communication. And it becomes your reality because once you start really pulling away, they also will start pulling away because you're putting out the vibe that's like, I don't want to be around you. Um, and, you know, that that's just an easy example of that. But, um, you know, your mind, your will, and your emotions are what sets the course for your life. So taking the pressure off of having it all figured out and putting your thoughts on things that are true for you, on things that are good for you, putting your thoughts on things that are um, noteworthy um, are things like, you know what, this transition could be really good for me and something really good could come out of this. And setting your intention towards that and your thoughts will then become a feeling and you get excited about moving and you get excited about whatever transition it is or you know it may not be moving but it may be something a new job it may be a new title a promotion or a demotion sometimes a demotion is a good thing pay wise but you know <laughs> depending 
but taking a problem, a perceived issue, and making it a positive thing in your life will set the course of your life because once you start feeling positive, you start acting positive, and that draws positivity draws positive things to you. Negative negativity draws negative things. Um, you know, and and I think that's that's one of the main things that I would advise is is pay attention to what you're thinking and how you're thinking, and give yourself space to take the pressure off of of having everything figured out. Cool. Well. I'm not going to hang up on you, but I'm going to thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming on, being my first guest. I appreciate you having me. Yes, Sarah has helped me through countless things, and we appreciate Sarah. And Sarah always has a place in here forever. And she already knows this, but we're going to communicate it to the internet as well. <laughs>